swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control Issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. You can go to your podcast provider, look for Control Issues, no dash, no hyphen. Subscribe to it, subscribe to it, subscribe to it, and subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. You can also go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. Lastly, head on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. There should be a lot less madness over there these days. So we'll appreciate seeing you. Yes, yes, A dub. Uh, man, this yes, is yes. The, uh, the month of uh announcements of, of changes <laughs> a, lot, a lot a lot happening in the world and in our lives <laughs> oh <laughs> lord yeah it started with a bang yeah a, a flashbang <laughs> yeah. we got uh mlk day this is the, pretty much the mlk day recording <laughs> by yes. the time you get this uh-huh so which is always a great time um yeah how you how you doing my man uh doing not too shabby i mean i'm a bit ahead of schedule on my moving plans, so that's awesome. A dub has gotten himself a spot to roost. So been doing a lot of back and forth, moving stuff over there. I'm uh, gonna finally start moving some of my furniture over there, setting things up, making making an empty husk into a home, at least for the short term. So we'll see what's going on with that. Pumped, got my internet hooked up. <laughs> got the cable hooked up. Got the <laughs> got the neighbor doped up. <laughs> <laughs> that red man. Sorry, I butchered that line. Uh, other than that, yeah, man, still trying to find time to play games. Still trying to find a PS5 to make mine. Ugh. Highly contemplating getting a new television to celebrate that monumental achievement of taking my first steps into the current gen of hardware. Uh, what about yourself, AMC? How you living? I living pretty well. Watched, uh, was it? Went back. I decided to get into the, um, what is it? The monster movie trilogy or whatever the hell they're building up to. So went back, watched. Oh, Cloverfield, it. 10 Cloverfield Lane. No, no, no. I'm, uh, Kong. Watch that. Yes. It was Kong and Skull Island. Watch that. I'm going to watch Godzilla. Then I'm going to watch, was it Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Yes, you need to do that. And then I believe they're building up to King Kong versus Godzilla. So I went to watch all these movies before that drops. Godzilla and <laughs> King of the Monsters is by far one of my favorite films. Yeah, I can't wait. So, so that's it, how we... Initially, so I had Kong just on the watch list on HBO Max, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we could watch this," because I was just gonna watch it on my own. And then I saw like also like other movies you might want to watch, and then 
one of them was Godzilla King of the Monsters. And then so we watched that trailer and we we're like, damn, like that looks dope too. It and, is. But, we're, <laughs> but we were watching the trailer and it's like, it looks like it's like Godzilla is clearly already established at this point. So it's like, I think we missed a movie. So then we're like, oh, wait, there's another Godzilla movie. Yes. So, so we got to watch that one then before this. <laughs> and so, yeah, realizing that it's like, I guess the, uh, the monster universe, I don't know if they, they have a name for it. But um, yeah, I want to. So now I'm getting into all those. So we started with King Kong. We're going to work our way up to Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one thing about Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and then I'm going to let you go in. Zhang Ziyi has the best dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yes. It's like her, her lines are priceless. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, Godzilla, but I know King Kong, it's like co-produced by like was it tencent films yeah. so i'm guessing they have their hands in all the movies so i that's what i'm guessing the the connection with all of them is going to be <laughs> with a name like tencent i imagine they have like their hands in at least to 10 percent of everything in the world <laughs> they're, they're collecting my data <laughs> um, like imagine do you think we'll ever reach the point when there's just this one company that they don't do anything except they own a portion of everything in the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I could definitely. I didn't really look into it, but I'm sure there are a lot of companies like that who just own a little bit, like a minority stake in everything. Yeah. Like always keeping tabs of like, hey, when do we want to just buy out that company soon? <laughs> yeah. Like it's all that always seems to be the case. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Sure. So you had mentioned video games, Ada. What have you been playing? Well, man, I can't help but mention video games because I'm always playing something, even when I'm not playing something. Because if it's not in my hands, it's in my head. And if it's not neither of those, it's in my heart. Gaming is me. And that's You're how gaming. I roll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually got into a game I've been looking at for a long time. And like, not steadily, but just something that I, I saw and was like, that's awesome. I think I'm going to be interested in that. And then just kind of faded off, but it still occupies a space in the back of my mind. Uh, a friend online had mentioned it, mentioned that it was on sale. Game was only 10 bucks. You might still have a day or two to get that Risk of Rain 2. So I never played the original and I don't intend to, but the, the sequel, it's kind of like the jump from Rebel Galaxy to Rebel Galaxy Outlaw with Risk of Rain and Risk of Rain 2 because in the jump to the sequel, the game went from being a 2D side-scroller to a full 3D third-person shooter. So I'm getting in there, you know, I'm expecting running around as a spaceman on these alien worlds shooting stuff. Have no idea what the ultimate the rest of the game is what the mechanics are what the point is i get in there i'm playing for like an hour i am just completely lost i don't get it i'm just like ah but i'm i'm in there i'm enjoying what i'm playing i just don't understand the context of what's going on take some time look at a wiki like figure out what's happening because there's some confusing stuff on screen there's no real direction look it up get back into the game, start playing with a little more focus and direction. And suddenly it just like, it was just a switch flipped and 
the graphics started looking better. Like I started having an idea of what I want to do, how I want to approach the situation. Like I'm starting to prioritize and suddenly the, the true form of the game began to reveal itself. And I've been having a blast ever since playing the hell out of it. I got a stream up on twitch.tv slash control issues pod. If anybody wants to check that out, I think it was one of my better runs, even though I didn't get as far as I have in the past looking forward to continue playing it so with risk of rain 2 it's it's a roguelike i know that's a turnoff for a lot of people so let's leave with that it's a roguelike in the shell of a of a third person shooter the idea is to go through these levels you know pick up items improve your character get turrets to help you with your defense your healing and your your attack as well as your ability to distract the enemies from focus firing on you from every possible angle. Speaking of the enemies, what happens is this game is it's on a timer, except the timer is not running out. The timer is running up and it helps you keep track of how the in-game difficulty slider is progressing. So there's your global difficulty, which is like drizzle, uh, the, drizzle rainy monsoon the that's how they break it up those govern how how much health you regenerate how much starting armor you have and how the passage of time affects the difficulty slider once you're in the game it's a race against time because as time is passing that difficulty slider is going from easy to medium to hard to very hard, to insane, to impossible, and to something I haven't even read yet enough to be able to understand. Uh, the farthest I've made it is impossible. I was holding my own. Boss came out, one shot at me. I got careless. I got cocky. That's what happens. Um, I'm, I'm gradually unlocking content. I haven't unlocked a lot. I mean, there's a ton of different characters that I've yet to reveal. I I began the game, you only have access to one. I've opened up two more, which is like a kind of a ranger character with a bow and arrow and shoots arrows that bounce between enemies doing damage, but she's real fragile. I've been playing as the commando. He's a pretty much a jack of all trades, dual wields pistols, has a laser that can penetrate solid objects and hit enemies in a straight line, can spray a certain area or hit an enemy multiple times while stunning them. Uh, can get a dodge roll, but I've unlocked the slide where I can shoot and slide at enemies, aim it around. It also automatically puts you in a sprint when you come out of it, so it's very good for getting around the levels. Uh, unlocked a ton of items. I mean, there's there's all kinds of little silly stuff. As you're amassing this arsenal of items, you see them on the character, so you have a visual representation of what you're capable of. But there's all manner of things from like an item that gives you a chance to make an enemy bleed or an item that increases your critical hit chance, items that, you know, block damage or reduce the damage you take or make you regenerate after you kill enemies or make you sprint faster and give you a double jump. So the beauty with these items is that you won't just get one or two of them. You're going to get a whole laundry list of them if you're playing the game right which is to mow down these enemies get gold and unlock boxes that rewards you with items and there's other ways to obtain items that i haven't really dipped into 
But as far as just the general thrust of the game, open these boxes, get down to what the game calls a teleporter. You open that up and you got to charge the teleporter by staying within a certain range of it. While you're doing that, you also have to take on a boss. You can leave the range of the teleporter, but it won't be charging. And you can like kind of pull the enemies out, try to get the upper hand, get back in there. Or if you're tough enough, like I've gradually become, you can stay in the field of the teleporter while taking these enemies down. No problem. So that's what happens. You move through levels and it's, it's not so much that there's an order of levels, but there's an order of level groups to kind of keep things somewhat random. So there's not just one first level, there's like two of them. There's not just one second level, there's two or three of them. You're only going to play one level in a group as you're progressing, but you never know which level it is you're going to play. It makes it easier to kind of memorize the layouts of the level so you know that okay let me go find the teleporter in the spots where it usually is there it is now let me go get all these boxes beef myself up let's go take on this boss beat his ass down activate the teleporter keep it pushing overall i'm greatly enjoying the game i would recommend it especially at 10 bucks for people who enjoy roguelikes and you know science fiction just loop-based games where your capabilities expand according to the items that you're able to amass as you're progressing. It's it's very punishing. So like most roguelikes, it's not about it's not about you figuring out the strategy to beat every enemy. It's about you figuring out how best to employ the game's mechanics to ensure the longevity of your survival. So that's where I am. AMC what have you been playing? I'm playing some more of that Fire Emblem. Um, that yeah, Emblem. That Emblem pushing forward in the story. Um, still in a place where more and more is being revealed, but don't really know exactly who are the uh, who are the key pieces behind the conspiracy that's playing out before my eyes. Um, comment. I'll say about like certain things in the game with the monastery. So the there are two phases to the game. Pretty much, it's the uh, preparation phase, and then it's the battle phase. The battle phase is when you get into like the heart and soul of what is Fire Emblem, which is the tactical turn-based combat played over a battlefield. And then what they added in this game that wasn't in the GBA version of Fire Emblem, I'll say at least, uh, is they added in the monastery phase, which is you building up your rapport, your support with your um, your students, and very much like reminiscent of uh, of Persona. It's uh, the time in between the big narrative pushes where you build up your your companionship with your characters learn more about them while also deciding how you're going to build them up. And that's kind of my, um, I'm not going to say it's my favorite part of the game, but it is an aspect of the RPG that I enjoy and they do it really well because it does, it is a slowing of maybe the, the pace of the game as far as like combat. You're just in this monastery, you're running around um, playing out certain side quests and talking to people. What is kind of fun within that is you can also do battles Um like practice battles, which then help build the experience of your students. But what I like about the quests within the monastery is that they pretty much tell you what to do <laughs> in order to, to complete the quest within the monastery. And that like, so you'll, after you complete a battle, 
you go to the monastery and there's a bulletin board. The bulletin board will then have uh, a few quests that you can then complete in the time between um, your next battle. And what I like about it is when you activate the quest, it literally tells you where to go, where to find the item, and then to just go and bring it back to this person. And so in a part of the game that could be a little tedious and, you know, like, uh, I guess, slowing of the pace of the game, they get you through it pretty quickly. And there's a lot of... there's very little guesswork when it comes to it which um kind of keeps the ball rolling so that you can then just continue to focus on um building up your your squad and learning about them and so because of that like i've i've now automated how my interactions within the monastery in a way that it just moves a lot faster and is a lot more enjoyable because when i initially started i wouldn't say it's overwhelming but there's a lot to uncover as far as places that you can go, people you can talk to and things that you can do. There's like fishing, there's, you can, you can grow plants, you can harvest the plants, you can choose how they're cultivated. Um, then there's the marketplace where you can buy things there, go to the blacksmith, forge weapons. So it's, it's a lot to take in, but once you kind of understand everything and then how it contributes to your character and then to your classmates as a whole, then you can really start to um, really curate your experience to then uh, build up your team a certain way. And yeah, so because of that, Fire Emblem still continues to be the shit and continues to grow in ways that I did not expect. Yes. Like most games these days, always something to enjoy, always something to delve deeper into. Yes, sir. And so let's get right into a dub. The topics of the week. Topics of the week. So as you guys will probably tell from the outset, if you've been keeping up with the news this week, there's a general theme because the megaton hit and it's sucking all the air out the room. So we'll just lead you in, take you through it in chronological order. First and foremost, Star Wars games to be branded under Lucasfilm Games banner. They're back. They're back. <laughs> Disney is back in the game space. Uh, this is coming from Joe Scrubbles at IGN. So the comment about this from StarWars.com is that Lucasfilm Games is now the official identity for all gaming titles from Lucasfilm, a name that encompasses the company's rich catalog of video games and its eyes toward the future. So this is similar to Xbox Game Studios or PlayStation Studios, where they they take all their their first party content or their products that are synonymous with their brand and put them under a unified label instead of having the names of all these different developers slapped on them. It brings in uniformity. It lets people know that, hey, when I pick up a box with this logo on it, I'm guaranteed a certain caliber of an experience. So Lucasfilm Games also has dedicated Twitter and Facebook pages, which will deliver breaking news and more directly to fans. AMC, how do you feel about this? Uh, this is a big one. Um, I feel like we need to discuss more stuff before we can really dive into it. So I'll, I'll hold back a, a couple comments, but this is one that was huge as far as when things were kind of going bad with uh or kind of when they were going bad with Star Wars and EA, a lot of people were like, what's going on with like Lucasfilms? Like, why aren't they bringing this back? This was the heyday of like Star Wars products. They need to bring this back. Um, yeah, back in, in the LucasArts days. Yeah, we need to bring this back and get things under control. And so, yeah, um, this was 
kind of the first the first sign that things were heading in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. But you know, even at the first sign of positivity or negativity, there's always people out there with that negativity. <laughs> so even this announcement of Star Wars, Disney returning to the games industry as their own entity, it was met with a little derision in this week's Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week, Troll of the Week, Troll of the Week. <laughs> so first Troll says, will the Lucasfilm moniker make EA not be sucky at Star Wars? <laughs> so as you guys are well aware, EA had like a 10-year exclusivity deal with the Star Wars license. Since then, they put out Battlefront, Battlefront 2, Squadrons, Jedi Fallen Order, I think Star Wars The Old Republic, and that's about it. Maybe some mobile shit that I don't give a damn about. Maybe some other stuff. But by and large, that's what they put out. Battlefront 2 had a lot of controversy when it came out because people just don't like the idea of loot boxes, no matter how they're implemented. And Respawn was able to put out Jedi Fallen Order, which... A-Dub was a huge fan of, yes, I will regard myself in the third person because we're talking about the kingdom of Star Wars here. And I would think of myself as a lord or a noble or at least a knight. Next troll says, now it'll be easier to identify a mediocre game with Star Wars texture slapped on it. <laughs> Next troll says, EA has killed more Star Wars games than the number they actually released. So somehow EA's influence has spread to other Star Wars games that they didn't even make and ruined those as well. All right, dude. Next show says, nobody cares about Star Wars anymore. Dead franchise. <laughs> every film grossing over a billion dollars at the box office, every video game selling in excess of 10 million copies. <laughs> Dead franchise. Mm -hmm. Next guy says, uh-oh, EA, looks like the cracks are forming. Oh, the foundation is crumbling. EA's, EA's empire is, is on borrowed time, so life support AFC, what are they going to do? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Next show says, Star Wars franchise is more milk than my dying cow outside on my lawn. They should just execute in Order 66 and kill it. Mm. Uh. <laughs> I don't like it, so nobody likes it, so it should go away. Yeah. Next show says, same shit, different name. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the last show says, just let someone other than EA be in charge for the love of God. The amount of damage Disney has done to Star Wars with terrible decisions is crazy. The Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, EA exclusivity, idiocy. <laughs> well, we got to the Trolls of the Week a little early this week because, as I told you, the Star Wars and Lucasfilm announcement it's such a big announcement that it just, it, it just, it's devastating. To illustrate, I'll hit you with the next bit of news. Indiana Jones game coming from Bethesda in Lucasville Games. Uh. <laughs> uh, Bethesda had a tweet that says, a new Indiana Jones game with an original story is in developed from our studio, Machine Games, which would be executive produced by Todd Howard, God, Howard, in collaboration with Lucasfilm Games. It'll be some time before we have more to reveal, but we're very excited to share today's news. 
They also made a note that a StarWars.com post explains that the teaser may hold some clues. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, check out that trailer. Uh, I don't think it's it's definitely got clues in it. There isn't anything significant like gameplay or anything like that. Just showing off the Lucasfilm Studios logo. And where was this? Uh, IGN notes that aside from the company logos, the game will seemingly revolve in part around Vatican City with a plane ticket to Rome dated for October 1937. Well, we have a little hint as to a location. We know we're dealing with Indiana Jones. AMC, how does this news make you feel? What are you hoping for? Yeah, this is uh, pretty exciting. Um, Machine Games has been pretty much on a solid path uh, since, yeah, what is it? When they first dropped, was it the Wolfenstein, the New Order? At this point, Wolfenstein as a franchise, as much as we saw with Doom, was a franchise that people kind of just, you know, let go of. They're like, oh, this thing that I loved when it was Wolfenstein 3D on my on my P, on my Windows ninety five computer, <laughs> uh, my Windows NT. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was like it was just kind of like a, an old license that like you know I, people had kind of forgot about. And then we see Wolfenstein: The New Order drop in twenty fourteen, and people are like, hey, like this is actually a good Wolfenstein game. And the people who played it were kind of were recommending it, or at least speaking positive about the franchise. And so that like that kind of took note. And then they end up dropping, was it Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus? And that's where we we see the trailer. We see you walking through like a, I don't know, like a 50s America. Oh, no, no it's a, I think it's like a 60s America, but with yeah. like KKK walking the street. Yeah. Like it's just um, having conversations. <laughs> yeah. And it's basically like, oh, we're in now a post-World War II Wolfenstein game where like the Nazis won and what that world looks like. And that was the first time where I was like, holy shit, like I heard good things about Wolfenstein, the new order. This game looks great. I'm hopping in and then it gets positive reviews and ends up being like one of my favorite games on the PS4, Wolfenstein 2. Um, and so, yeah, now to see that this company is going to be working on an Indiana Jones game it gets me excited because one, hopefully, I, I, the assumption is, at least hopefully they will be making a third person Indiana Jones game. And this being a company that's pretty much known for first person, like a, putting out great first person shooters to see them possibly change up at least their their style of games to fit more of a third person aspect uh, viewpoint um, that could possibly take them to a completely different level and it's it creates a lot of excitement around a developer like that just to see that they're going to be doing something completely do with a franchise that people love and um to see what where they're going to take that is something very very exciting at least from my standpoint i can't wait i'm a little pumped it's got to be third person if it's first person i'm going to lose significant pump but right now i'm just going to assume that it's going to be a third person game going to see my man indy and walking around 30s rome the vatican unraveling mysteries da vinci coding before tom hanks was even born who knows um bethesda's on it and who knows what that means for exclusivity the game was announced they didn't announced platforms yet we know that that deal with microsoft is still being finalized so you know there's still a lot of unknowns here looking forward to seeing more about it yeah. hoping that we have a new quality 
treasure hunting franchise that we can turn to when we when we grow tired of the Uncharted's or the Tomb Raiders. So it's nice to have another pillar in that genre or style of game. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, more news from Lucasfilm Games. Open world Star Wars game in development at Ubisoft. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so specifically, uh, Ubisoft is working on a story-driven open world Star Wars game with Lucasfilm Games. The division developer, Ubisoft Massive, would develop the new game. And according to Ubisoft CEO, Yves Gijama, it marks the start of a long-term collaboration with Disney. Uh, Massive is actively recruiting for the project. The game is going to use the Snowdrop engine that the studio used for its Division games. So if you're into the Division as much as us here at Control Issues, then you're already aware that at the very least, it's going to have some rock-solid gameplay going on. Very smooth, very intuitive kind of pick-up-and-play style. Uh, Division 2 director Julian Garrity will direct this project. Uh, no indication has been given as to whether the Star Wars game will be single or multiplayer or what part of the Star Wars timeline it'll take place in or when it might be released. But we can assume that at the earliest, we can see it around 2023 after the exclusivity deal with EA expires. Mm. <laughs> so Lucasfilm is back. We got... Indiana Jones coming from Bethesda. We also have Open World Star Wars coming from Ubisoft, specifically their development studio that handles the Division franchise. This has me the most excited by far. Story-driven and open world. So Division, but with the story. Who knows if it's single-player or multiplayer? I really don't care. I just know that that, that gameplay that you get in the Division, it is extremely well suited for a bounty hunter oriented experience not gonna get too hyped up thinking it's a mandalorian thing but as long as we can get some open world just go to a cantina get in a mission dudes come in ah my friend doesn't like you pull the pistol out under the table shoot <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff i want i want the i want the like the swashbuckler, the, the scoundrel type deal, the bounty hunter, the the streets between the 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 towering skyscrapers, the the underbelly of the Star Wars universe. What about yourself, AMC? How does this announcement of the Ubisoft open world game for Star Wars make you feel? Yeah, this like this is this comes two parts. So we'll put a pin in the uh the whole aspect of Ubisoft making a Star Wars games, meaning, <laughs> meaning that, you know, exclusivity is pretty much done. Yeah. Um, we'll just talk about just this Ubisoft game. Yeah, great. First way, the first, the right way to get off on a good foot is you announce we're going to go third person story driven single player experience <laughs> when you, when you, when you announce something along this line. So this is already uh, a thumbs up on their part when it comes to announcing something this big. Uh, one giving it to Ubisoft, especially uh, Massive. This is very smart too, just because when you think about our experience of what was it, uh, the Division Two. I mean, we slept on Division One. We had homies who played a shit out of Division One, and we kind of just slept on it. And we said, yeah, you know what? Let's give Division Two a try. Shout out to up, Frank G. Grammy. 
exactly and, <laughs> <Don't die> me. <laughs> and we end up playing division two and we're both just playing it like this is actually a really fun third person cover shooter um a, like live service game all that like all that taken in this is still a great game uh and yeah it gave me an impression like oh this is a developer not to be slept on mm -hmm. and now to see that they're gonna be working on a star wars game so they already have this foundation of a great cover shooter and they could just roll this into a more story driven i'm assuming single player open world experience uh this is exactly the right the right group to um to put this behind we know that they love detail when it comes to walking by doors and having the character automatically close the car door as he's creeping by <laughs> that was the thing that people noticed when they first uh showed the division um that attention to detail will hopefully carry over into a star wars game and yeah i know uh it was definitely the first thing a lot of people said was like oh please give me that mandalorian game because <laughs> you just reskin that you put the Mando, maybe give me a little Baby Yoda uh, side. Yeah, you have those. You have those like five minute cooldowns on his abilities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they could do some fun things there, and then just being able to fly that ship around. If I'm traveling to different planets, things along those lines, really taking In advantage. Dog fight. <laughs> yeah, really taking advantage of that next gen hardware and what that like the possibilities that will provide to maybe you know expanding the possibilities of open world games uh especially interplanetary open world games uh this is definitely this is definitely one of those things that has a high a high a high ceiling of what is possible but i'm not throwing too much on top of them i just want a good star wars game like i'd be more than happy if they just threw a star wars skin on the division two and like gave me a jetpack exactly <laughs> like a little verticality make the buildings look taller even though it's not functional and have like shit flying around in the sky yeah. <laughs> it would have exactly. been perfectly fine <laughs> so you know the, it's it's not so much that the bar is low it's that they've already got such a strong foundation with their open world games as well as how well their engines run for their games it, it, it's a lot of the work is already done. They just need those assets. They need to come up with the story. They need to come up with characters. They need to put it all in there, make it work, make it fun. I, yeah. of, of the developers who do these kinds of games, I believe Ubisoft Massive has, they really nailed down the moment to moment gameplay. So I'm excited to see how that translates to a Star Wars universe, as well as you know seeing if it's really Ubisoft and their formula that is at the core of the issues of people, or if it's actually just that their formula hasn't really been applied to compelling content. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the Far Cry franchise. There's some colorful characters in there. It's got a lot of, a lot of diverse content that you can enjoy depending on your play style or just, you know, to get experience and unlock stuff. But none of it's really anything the player can attach to or relate to it's all pretty pretty bland pretty safe in my personal opinion so with something like star wars where there's just this inherent fandom and general love uh, the super sci-fi aspect of it the mystical aspect of the jedi it's like just having that those settings those characters those mechanics those visuals layered on top of what is already a rock solid engine with 
airtight gameplay mechanics, I feel like people are going to realize that they love the Ubisoft formula. They just don't like what Ubisoft has done with it insofar as content. Yeah, it's Insomniac getting Spider-Man in a way where it's people like Ratchet and Clank. It's a, it's a beloved franchise, but then you give them Spider-Man and it just takes that developer to a completely different like echelon. And like when you consider like the top developers within the industry. Yeah, always been making great games, but just not in a skin that everyone could gravitate toward. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sunset Overdrive, the people who play that love that. People have been asking for a Sunset Overdrive too. Like if Sunset Overdrive was, was Toy Story, I'm sure it would have sold like crazy. Yeah, who knows? These things, they come and they go, but the news keeps coming because Lucasfilm has announced that on top of Indiana Jones, on top of the open world Ubisoft game in the Star Wars universe, Lucasfilms has stated that they will announce more projects in 2021, including EA Star Wars games. so yeah their exclusivity deal may be up in a couple of years however neither ea or neither ea nor star or disney (laughs) star wars neither ea nor disney has announced any plans of completely ending their work together so partnership stands (laughs) yes so lucasfilm's games announced all that stuff last few days, but it's not done yet. They have more announcements to come. On StarWars.com, the Lucasfilm Games VP, Douglas Riley, explains that the recent Lucasfilm's Games rebrand is really the culmination of years of preparing to come out and say, we're here, we've got a team of people, we're going to make a lot of great games, and here's some new things you were expecting from us to do that we're now starting to do. And that's going to continue throughout the next year or so, where we're going to continue to announce projects that are more representative of the legacy of the old Lucasfilm games that we're now trying to live up to. Oh, so maybe mm-hmm. they're bringing back some of the some of the old classics. Bring back that grim Fandango. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are saying that they're hoping that they get into a they they work out a deal with Double Fine to then get one of those point and click adventure style games back, but with the uh, Indiana Jones franchise or possibly Star Wars, that would be awesome. <laughs> Do you want them to bring back Monkey Island? Yeah, Monkey Island would always be great. Yeah, that'd be that's like one of my favorite franchises. As far as uh, was it the Lee Chuck's Revenge? That was the one. Monkey Island Two was was the game <laughs> that I absolutely <laughs> loved. That would be great. But there really was, you know, there was a Indiana Jones point and click game that uh, me and Nees used to play the shit out of when we were like kids. Didn't ever beat it, but we played it and had a good time. And to see something like that come back would be uh, super awesome. I can't remember what the name of the game was, but yeah, it was great. I want two things out of this return to the gaming industry from Lucas Lucasfilm and EA. I mean, Disney and Star Wars. Number one, I want. Damn, I didn't forget what number one was. Number two. Oh yeah, number one. I want them to work with the developer who put out Pathway on Steam and make an Indiana Jones tactical turn-based game in that fashion. That would be awesome. And then number two, just really dig into Star Wars. Just go ham on it. Try to I want them to I want them to try to court like some of the best talent 
in the industry. Like I want to see a From Software Jedi game. I want to see like a Rockstar open world Star Wars bounty hunter game. I want to see a story driven linear Star Wars game from from Naughty Dog. I want to see that kind of stuff. I want to see Sucker Punch make a Jedi game. Yeah, it's uh yeah, so I have a couple of couple of things here. So completely agree with you. Like what I love about Mandalorian is that it's not a Jedi driven uh franchise or mm-hmm. series. And um that's what the hope is with uh Ubisoft's game is they don't feel the need to necessarily go Jedi lead for this. They already have a possibility of a, another Fallen Order was successful. So if EA is going to produce another Jedi game that uh, leaves opportunity for Ubisoft to do something a little differently. And that's where like Mandalorian comes in or just like a rebels game or anything along those lines. But yeah, something that doesn't necessarily have to be driven by what is what star Wars is known for, which is lightsaber battles. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, the the option of giving multiple developers a shot at this, uh, at this license will open up the possibilities of, what areas of that lore they decide to dip into and you know bring to light to the uh to the fans and to the consumer um i will say though that yeah there was like a lot of the trolls have brought up like oh disney's finally getting into gaming but they they are they were already in gaming it just wasn't with the star wars franchises because there is a marvel games and and there's kingdom hearts yeah and that's one of the things that like i uh, like that I want to tell people like before you get super excited because they're like, Oh, well now that Lucas is here, that means only good star Wars games from here on out. But Marvel games has been like basically curating what games other publishers can make with their franchises. And we did get Marvel Avengers, which is a game that I haven't really seen a positive story about in a while. <laughs> so like keep I, in mind, people were set up to hate it out the gate just because of the bullet points that it checked along the way. Not the same token. I don't think yeah. it ended up being the game that people wanted it to be. And so I think people are looking at like Lucas, Lucas films to be like, the police that will listen to the consumer and get get these studios to only make the games that the consumers want which is not oh, going to be that's <laughs> not, yeah that's not a, that's not going to be the case they're not going to be the they will be the consumer's advocate if there's something egregious done from one of the developers but that doesn't mean that they're only going to listen to the consumers and make games that the consumers want there's they're going to let these people try out different styles of games so we we could get a possible live service uh, Star Wars game down the line, like all those things. Uh, we could get another multiplayer Star Wars game. You can check that box too. Like they're gonna do a bunch of different things, and it doesn't necessarily mean that every game from here on out is gonna be a single player Star Wars experience that has no loot boxes or yada yada yada. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it's definitely gonna. I feel like at least at the outset, there's going to be like a a sampler of the different kind of games they want to do. Like there's going to be the, the serious straight up dope high quality game products that probably the, the people, the people who are in charge of that division want to put out. But then I feel like there's also going to be just the formulaic let's get the money games that the shareholders and the higher ups want to put out. So depending on which games succeed and which games don't, will probably determine the future of the return of this division. Yeah. And so 
I would say that as as a caution to the people who are getting overly excited about like oh this this means cause I, like I was listening to one show and they're like oh this means that they're going to police all their games and give us what we want and it's like nah that's no. not that's not a guarantee at all it does yeah. mean that there might be a level of quality that is expected from them and who knows what that translates into when a game is then made but it doesn't guarantee that every game is going to be good from here on out when it comes to the star wars franchise yeah um, it's going to come entirely down to the studios that they license to develop those products because you can kind of get an idea of where the game's going to go based on who's getting it yeah exactly <laughs> uh yeah because remember like there was that there's that period when the people who did rebel galaxy were like, they were trying to put out that millennium Falcon game. <laughs> <laughs> they put out that, that test of it. Um, so yeah, like it's, it, we, what's great about this is and which is great for the consumer is that there's more possibility as far as not having to be under just that EA banner of uh, them deciding which developer is going to work on this game. Now it's going to be studios pitching and then Lucas being like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Work on that. And then here you go. <laughs> Give us our money. Um, but yeah, no guarantees. Cause as I said, Marvel made Marvel Avengers and people got mad about that. <laughs> and since you brought up EA, we'll move it to our next topic of the week. Top topic of the, the week. week. Uh, EA had some remarks in light of all the news that hit the wire this week, uh, they just wanted to let people know that even though the exclusive, ugh, what is up with me and words today? Even though the exclusivity deal that they have with Star Wars is coming to an end, that isn't necessarily the end of EA Star Wars games. In a statement, they said, we are proud of our longstanding collaboration with Lucasfilm's games, which will continue for years to come. Our talented teams have created some of the most successful games in the history of the Star Wars franchise, including Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and Star Wars Squadrons. We love Star Wars and look forward to creating more exciting experiences for players to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So the the boogeyman isn't quite gone yet. It's just now you got you got other people helping you. You got other kids in the house helping you fight the boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, like you could literally if you choose to, which you won't do because we know how this plays out every time, you can choose to at least ignore the EA Star Wars games. Exactly. But yeah, you know that's not gonna be the case. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna wait for the Ubisoft one and hope yeah. that doesn't hope that doesn't disappoint. And then <laughs> Smash Cut two years later, they got me again. Why did I buy an EA? <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. Yeah. <laughs> License games are cursed. Yeah. <laughs> Never be good. <laughs> Yeah. Except for that one time. Uh, <laughs> then I'll hit you with the last little bit of news in this string of events in our next topic of the week. Top topic of the, of the week. week. Your boy Todd Howard had to come in and calm the masses because people were starting to get upset. And he knew it was coming. I think Todd Howard's at that point where he's just so used to everybody taking all gaming news out of context that he's just just got his hand at the hip ready to shoot it all down when people start saying dumb stuff, such as the Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield aren't affected by Todd Howard producing the Jones game. So as you know from the announcement that I made earlier, Todd Howard is going to be involved with the development of Indiana Jones. Of course, people online immediately jump to the conclusion that, oh, that's going to that's hamper the development of 
of Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six if he can't fully focus on either project, even though he's already focusing on both of those projects and nobody's worried about the integrity of the products under that arrangement. Because he's writing the code for all those games. Yeah. <laughs> Solely writing the code. <laughs> uh, he's gonna, gonna gonna accidentally put Han Solo in Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> <laughs> You just see like a bartender cleaning a mug. He's like, like, hold on, I gotta finish up the shading for (laughs) for Star Wars before I get back to Elder Scrolls Six. Like, dang, the the man can multitask. He's not in charge. He's not in charge because he's bad at his job. He's in charge because he's good at his job. I also like that people are. They want him to have nothing to do <laughs> with any of these Bethesda games. But then when he works on, when he gets connected with something, it's like, well, what does this mean for this one now? That's <laughs> like, a good point. <laughs> you need to get rid of Todd Howard and yeah. get rid of that game engine. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, he can't do too many things at once. <laughs> no, no, we want him working on this. <laughs> Make up your mind, folks. Yeah. But it is it is reassuring nonetheless to know that he'll be able to properly apply his focus to each project you know considering that in general only one project is in full development at a time anyway so let's just let Bethesda keep doing what they do they haven't delayed anything in a couple console generations now Uh, they put out their games they have amazing and critical critical acclaim they are less technically problematic and less buggy at each successive launch so Let's just trust that they're learning better to do what they do and they're trying to strive for greater. Keep at it. AMC, you got anything else? Uh, No, this is also just a sign of when people shit on regulation where regulation comes into play. Like they're always like, oh, like this red tape. Like why do we have to go through so many channels to get shit done? It's because Mm -hmm. when you let people just take control of something without anybody overseeing it, shit might fly off the handle and so then that's when you're asking you know your strong man to step in and get this shit under control and that's why you can see an argument for some regulation because that's what was needed apparently in the star wars uh franchise yeah (laughs) had to dissuade people from just getting all willy-nilly with it yeah (laughs) oh mercy all right let's move into the next topic of the week topic of the week Oh, yes, we got December NPD. We got December NPD and 2020 NPD, A-dub. Oh, damn. But we will leave it off with that December NPD date, 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 date. Number one for December, best-selling game of December 2020, A-dub, goes to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number two. Makes sense. We got a new game. Yeah, it was number one in November holds on for December because people love that Call of Duty. Number two, we got a new game, A-Dub, with an asterisk, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh-oh, with that asterisk. <laughs> with a, yeah, <laughs> the asterisk being, um, they don't count uh, digital sales. So, oh, so it actually sold more? <laughs> yeah, it actually sold more. Actually, probably significantly more because from what we understand, the PC version is the better experience, so uh-huh. I'm assuming that they might have sold more PC-wise, who knows, but that definitely would have helped out their total overall sales, but not bad, not shabby to to start off at the number two spot in your launch month. 
Well, you know, that could also suggest that if they're not counting the digital sales and they're not counting the digital refunds, and yeah. they probably sold less. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it takes away from the physical sales. <laughs> Let's see. Number three, A-Dub, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, rightfully so. People seem to think that it's probably the best Assassin's Creed so far. I've seen folks using photo mode. It looks like they're they're putting together travel brochures because the the landscapes and just the overall visual quality of Assassin's Creed Valhalla is off the scale. I'm thoroughly impressed by it. Extremely tempted to get into it, but I think I'll wait because there's rumor of an Assassin's Creed China. Mm. I might I might be on that. It's about as close to Japan as we're gonna get. But hey, I'll, I'll take I'll take a little crouching tiger hidden dagger all day. Get that Jade Empire Assassin's Creed game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Yes. Uh let's see. Number four. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales holding on. Still. Number five, Madden NFL 21. All right. There's EA always. Yeah, that's why. in the pack. It's like whenever you say EA is going to go away, as long as they have that NFL deal, they will never go away. (laughs) As long as they got that FIFA deal, they ain't never going away. They ain't never going away. As long as they got that NBA. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) NBA what? (laughs) Let's see. Number six. Oh, why you got to hit them with the NBA? Uh, the NBA, yeah, because you know, 2K is always killing it. But number six, Animal Crossing New Horizons, still holding on. Number seven, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number eight, there we go, NBA 2K21. So that's that's where the uh, EA NBA deal went. Mm-hmm. It went to take two. Number nine, ooh, this is a new one, A dub. Didn't hear much about it. Maybe you have. Maybe you heard something on the on the boards or just in the ether. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Have you heard anything about this game from Ubisoft? Uh, not from Ubisoft, but from people who have been playing the game. I'm hearing nothing but positive stuff. It's a quality Breath of the Wild inspired experience that gives you more satisfying combat and exploration. An interesting take on the on the like Greek god Pantheon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's something that. Normally, I would have just ignored and kept it moving, but hearing such positive remarks about it makes me interested in eventually trying to pick it up one day. So we'll see. Word of mouth at its finest. Number 10, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. 11, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate still holding on. 12, Just Dance 2021, another Ubisoft game. Just Dance. (laughs) 13, hopefully get a a Star Wars (laughs) Just Dance game. <laughs> Let's see. 13. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. 14. <laughs> FIFA 21. More electronic arts. 15. New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. 16. Super Mario Odyssey. 17. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 18. Super Mario Party. 19. Ring Fit Adventure. And then 20. Mortal Kombat 11 still selling. Damn. Yeah, uh, so here's the quick note. If you didn't notice in that that last bit of the rundown, Nintendo had half of the top 20 best-selling games of December 2020. They were published damn. by Nintendo. God damn. Yeah, So, and what's funny about that is a lot of those are like games that came out like a couple years ago, but still doing well. Uh, let's see, let's hop into the best-selling games of 2020 for the USA dub. 
Number one, surprise, surprise, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, number two, surprise, surprise, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <laughs> so Call yeah. of Duty takes the top two slots for the best-selling games of the year. Um, that is a, yeah, I mean, you see that there when people talk about like, oh, the Ubi formula, but you look at Call of Duty, they put out a new, a new game every year. It has their formula, but continues to sell well. So there, there is something to when you have a good formula and sticking with it. And people love that Call of Duty formula. They want it to not change. Yeah, they'd probably fight you if you tried to change it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they'd fight you if you just nerfed a gun that they liked. Uh, let's see, number three, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number four, Madden NFL 21. 21. Number five, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, number six, there we go, Last of Us Part 2. Number seven, Ghost of Tsushima. Yes, yes. Number eight, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number nine, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Number 10, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, so we didn't see Kakarot in the top 10. Let's see. Uh, but we do have just got bumped. Yeah, but we do have it's top 20. So let's see if they made it in the top 20. Number 11, Marvel Avengers. Mm-hmm. Number 12. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah. So number 12, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. And that's that's not bad because it's only been on the market for two months. 13, NBA 2K21. 14, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. 15, FIFA 21. 16, Mortal Kombat 11. There we go. 17, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. So there he is. There he is. Out of year, Craig. Yeah. 18, MLB The Show 20. Oh, here we go, A-Dub. And it's debut month. Crack the top 20. Cyberpunk 2077 at the 19th spot with an asterisk. They, they didn't get all the refunds. Yeah, with an asterisk <laughs> because of the digital sales not counted. So they it could have been get, higher on the list possibly. They didn't get those digital refunds. Could have got lower. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. And then 20, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 to round out that list. We got a couple notes here. Call of Duty. Call of Duty ranked as the best-selling gaming franchise in the U.S. market for the record 12th consecutive year. Let's see. A note for Animal Crossing in 2020. Animal Crossing achieved the highest physical dollar sales for a Nintendo-published game in a calendar year since Wii Fit Plus in in 2010. Yeah, Animal Crossing is one of those games. It's If you look at the list, it's as far as single player games, I no actually it's really I mean single player, but it is a multiplayer game. It's up, it's the number three spot. So, a game that has no action in it <laughs> made it in the top three slots. Uh, the games of the year. Which game was this? Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Oh, yeah. Guess <laughs> the murder simulators aren't the the flavor of the month anymore. Not necessarily. Uh, let's see. Last of Us Two note. Last of Us Part Two. Finished 2020 as the year's best-selling PlayStation exclusive, while also ranking as the sixth best-selling title overall. Last of Us Part Two now ranks as the third best-selling Sony-published game in U.S. history in dollar sales, trailing only Marvel's Spider-Man in 2018's God of War. So, Last of Us Part Two already leaving its mark uh, in the in the uh, was it in the annals in the uh, the Mount Rushmore of playstation exclusive titles speaking of the last of us 2 it also won metacritic's user choice game of the year 
Yeah, I love it because there's there's this narrative that people want to spin about Last of Us 2, but you look at the sales and everything, it's a completely different, uh, it shows a completely different uh, image of the game. Uh, the game sold well, the people who liked it, loved it, they got it, and then the people who hated it still bought it. Mm. And, and they hated it. on it. <laughs> they hated on it. They didn't want it to win any of the awards, but it won the most important award, which is selling really well, getting, what is it, the the head on the game promoted to the, the level of president for the company. <laughs> mm-hmm. It almost guarantees an, uh, a third game to make it a trilogy, and we got a TV show coming from it, so y'all can hate, but the dollars are still pouring in. Mm-hmm. Backs are still floating. Mm-hmm. Dead presidents are representing Neil Druckmann. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not from not, presidents to represent me. <laughs> yeah, not that online vitriol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see, hardware. Um, Nintendo Switch was the best selling hardware platform in units and dollar sales for December and for the year. The annual dollar sales, the second highest for, uh, for a platform in US history. Only the 2008 dollar sales of Wii were higher. Let's see, uh, PlayStation 5 was the second best-selling console in dollar sales, while PlayStation 4 ranked second in units sold. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, the note there, I met, like, I feel like, uh, here's a couple things. And the note there being, with the new consoles being launched, we're not seeing a slowing in the momentum of the Nintendo Switch, which is great for that uh, platform, being that not being clearly not being the most powerful of the consoles there's it still has a connection with with its community and with the gaming community that it's still selling really well despite being i now the uh, inferior as far as performance when it comes to consoles and you imagine playstation 5 still selling really well once we once we get the production up there and the scalpers stop getting their hands on every single console that comes to the market uh, we'll see it into more of the consumers hands and we'll see that momentum only continue to grow for the playstation 5 and we'll see what's going on with xbox (laughs) as uh more games come out and you know halo infinite hits the market but yeah not seeing any slumps all the numbers were up year on year so there's no slowing within the console community if anything more people are hopping into the video gaming space as we saw with the pandemic and people you know being at home trying to be responsible and trying to keep themselves entertained with something a little more than just the uh you know the, the streaming services hopping in back into video games and we see this boost for nintendo switch and for for playstation 4 still selling well in a year where it's quote unquote being put to rest uh people are buying playstation 4 consoles and we saw the you know the continued momentum of the uh playstation 2 even after we saw the PS3 drop and we might see that with the, play, the with the PS4. Uh, so yeah, it's um, overall positive when you look at the uh, video game industry from a sales standpoint, Ado. Yes, can't stop, won't stop. Gonna make a bold prediction. I think that the next spike we're gonna see is in anime streaming. Mm, how do you say uh, that, Ado? I think people have watched all the Disney, all the Marvel, they've watched all the Star Wars, they've watched all the Netflix and Amazon Prime originals, they've watched all the series that they used to love as kids or wanted to get into because they 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 cherished the 80s or prized the 80s as some magical decade it was, and watched all the old shows. 
I think anime is the last frontier once they're done going through the annals of gaming history. So watch for that. Put some money on on Sony for that Funimation app. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> A-Dub's, A-Dub's going to be starting SSSS Gridman pretty soon. Gridman. <laughs> that super, super, super saying Gridman. <laughs> you missed one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too many dev S's. I love weird anime. So yeah. I'm excited. They, it's already... They already have a season up. It's already got the English dub. So I think it's like 12 episodes to see what that's about. Adult Swim just started running it. So that's how I figured out about it. Looking forward to it. Uh, you got any more stories, A-Dub? I'm all out, my good man. Uh, this would just be a follow-up to a story that we uh, reported on, you know, like I think months ago, actually. This being on the fans of Ghost of Tsushima helping out with the... Um, I believe we had discussed how... Uh, there is an uptick in what is it in tourism of Tsushima after the release of Ghost of Tsushima, and then for, of course because of COVID, we saw you know the slowing of that, but that isn't slowing the uh, support for Tsushima in this story. So there was um, you know what I'll start with the second half of it. There the Watsumi Shrine had been partially destroyed by a typhoon in September 2020. Um, and so there had been a crowdfunding project to help restore the Watsumi Shrine. So this reported, so as reported by Silicon Era, the crowdfunding project to restore the gate of the oh sorry, Watasumi shrine ended in January on January 10th, amassing over 27 million yen. According to the article from Fumitsu, many Gosushima fans rallied behind the funding drive, and in the end, it managed to achieve 542% of the initial 5 million yen targeting. So basically to sum that up really quickly. They had planned on crowdfunding 5 million yen to help restore the shrine with the uh, support of the fans of Ghost of Tsushima and the people over there, they ended up <laughs> raising 27 million yen. So they will be not only restoring it, be possibly having money to continue the uh, restor to, you know, to keep the upkeep of the uh, shrine moving forward, which is awesome. And, you know, that's one of those things that we can also look forward to with, uh, with travel once these, hopefully if everything goes right with these vaccines or just getting herd immunity eventually from COVID and traveling, going back up, not only people will have a reason to go to Japan, not just for the Super Nintendo world, but also to then be able to go to Tsushima and see some of those, um, those landmarks that they saw in the game. There's just so many reasons to go to Japan. A-dub, why not go back? <laughs> oh, I'm going back. That's happening. Yes, there's. I still have unfinished business in that country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I still want to go to the to the Tsukiji fish market, and mm. I still want to go to like the Studio Ghibli Museum. I still need to go to Rock and Jelly Bean Store, the Erastica Shop. Uh, what else? I still need to go down to the Nara region and see the the deer running wild. Yes. <laughs> still gotta still gotta go to uh, Osin, get my hot spring on, get my bathhouse on. Yeah, that was one thing I didn't do is I did not dip into the onsen at all. <laughs> so yeah. that would be that would be a part of the trip that I would like to get on my second visit. Exactly. Still got so much more food to eat, so many more places to eat it at. Still gotta get into the nightlife, see what the party scene is like, if there is one. I'm sure there is. 
yeah going to uh what is it the the, the karaoke and then uh <laughs> have have your girl serving you drinks while you're singing <laughs> i don't know if i'm ready for all that <laughs> it would be nothing but gangster rap all night yeah <laughs> Dude, i'd bring my own west side connection cd yeah. Bow down. yeah. The shop where it's still sporting the meeting. The shadiest yeah. one in the click. Who want to see, see me? me as well? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, do you have any final words you did before we get out of here? Uh, you know, it's a new year. We got new consoles. We got new games on the horizons. We've got the return of old favorites in a new form with a renewed zeal and a renewed passion for this thing we call gaming. So, you know, we got we got new vaccines coming. We got a new president coming. We got a... <laughs> <laughs> we got new threats <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. So, got, you know... We got, we got more platforms to ban him on. <laughs> oh, the president of the United States is banned from social media. <laughs> any form. <laughs> Any form. <laughs> like that's that's when a moderator on a message board is permabanned from that message board. <laughs> that, that IP ban. <laughs> it's like it should have never gotten that far in the first place. He should have just been demoted, but no, we had to keep him in there and just let him finish out his, his term. And now people are storming government buildings and getting others killed. So that's where that is. But you know. By this time next week, we should be back under adult supervision. We should be back on a on a tangible course toward getting off of punishment, being able to go back outside, being able to drink with people, being able to meet people. Like I had a, a thought cross my mind when I was in the shower one day. I was like, you know, when the lockdowns broke out last year, there's just this whole generation of people who were turning 21 over the past year that had no opportunity to go out and go to a bar or go to a club. There's just so much just pent up desire to party (laughs) that's going to be unleashed when we can finally go back outside. So much fucking. (laughs) So much fucking. There's going to be so many bad decisions. Like it's, it's going to be mayhem. Like <laughs> the streets are just going to be overrun with all these young people who have no idea how this nightlife starts. Like it, you, you would think that all that it, it would be gradual. It would be happening on a week by week basis. But since we've stymied an entire generation of people for a solid year, all that's going to be happening like the same week. Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be hellacious. I can't wait. Like the fact that there were grown ass like forty year old adults who are like, I can't go to a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like I at least understood like when they would show like the kids, the t- the college kids in Florida hanging yeah. out hanging out at the beach and at the bars. Like, Having I get a party. <laughs> like yeah, like I get it with them. It's like they had been looking forward to this moment their entire lives, and then you said, hold on. Yeah, responsible yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you, you snatched it away you took it yeah so yeah i imagine yeah they're just gonna run into the streets and just go ham the problem is the thing is that they've already been partying but it's just like now it'll be they, they won't have to do it under uh you know under 
under fear of being possibly called out by somebody on social media. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're not going to be able to walk more than a hundred feet on that first weekend off of punishment without seeing some drunk 20 something laid out on a lawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be nuts, but it's yeah. going to be, uh, it'll, it'll be good. It's uh It'll be interesting to see too, like what the what the dynamic, what the layout of this world is going to be, what the landscape will be, um, because you know things will change. Definitely, a lot of businesses also went away, which means new businesses will be coming in as these people are, you know, heading out into the streets again. So the landscape will also be just a little different um, from what they had before, and even just. A lot of things are a lot. I feel like we got a little smarter with how we run things to run things a little more efficiently. So it'll be nice to see like if some of those things still hold up um, in 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 how we interact with like business as opposed to how we did in the past. So there's there's a lot of good things that came out of this. Um, it sucks that we had to go through this, but at least they were catalysts for some changes that are going to be positive moving forward. So who knows, maybe also some of these kids would now just be straight up weed smokers instead of, uh, going out and binge drinking. Hmm. <laughs> Do you anticipate our age group as elder statesmen having to basically keep a watchful eye over all these newcomers to the game who are just going a little too hard? too soon it's like hey man i know this is your first time (laughs) (laughs) you might want to ease up a bit or it might be the last time (laughs) i I feel like we're gonna we're gonna give them a pass and be like hey have fun with it just as long as you take your uber and don't drink and drive do all do all do it responsibly in a way i think people are it's going to be understood i think Mm -hmm. in a way (laughs) like yeah let them have their fun they got to get it out of their system hopefully they're coming back without some of the issues of maybe, uh, you know, the toxic masculinity that was running rampant in the uh, college frat scene and whatnot. Maybe that will be kind of in check now. But uh, yeah, I want people to go out and have a good time once once it's cool. <laughs> Let us pray. So, well, hey, Dub, this is Control Issues. I am the AM. And this is